Welcome to the new automation mindset where AI automation and integration come together. Successful automation is so much more than technology, it's a mindset. On this podcast, we're here to learn about this mindset from innovative leaders who actually practice it every single day. From Fortune 500 companies to the boldest startups, these leaders have reduced cost, crafted experience, and fueled growth with automation. They have transformed their companies and their careers. I'm your host, Marcus Zern. And as Chief Strategy Officer and part of the founding executive team at Workado, it is my mission to find these top innovators in AI, automation, and integration and share their journeys with all of you. You may notice that this show matches the title of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling book, The New Automation Mindset by our Workado CEO, Vijay Tella. You'll hear references to the key ideas of this book, the growth, process, and scale mindsets throughout the show. If you'd like to explore them further, be sure to check out the book in hard copy or on Kindle. So today, we're pleased to have with us Gabe Enright. Uh, He's the Principal Integration Architect at Vodafone. Gabe himself has a long history of leading integration projects at large telcos, banks, airlines, and at spans UK and Australia. Specifically at Vodafone, he also leads emerging technology adoption. So he partners with companies like Workado, but also HashiCorp, Cloudflare, MongoDB, all those kinds of leading edge uh, technology vendors. His global leadership encompasses Vodafone's large distributed IT organization that spans centers in Egypt, uh, in Cairo, and also in, uh, in Romania. Today, Gabe will share with us what he himself calls the shift left strategy at Vodafone. It's really about how he initiated a democratization of integration and automation and and was able to motivate the larger Vodafone IT team to learn Workado on their own. That's pretty exciting. So let's dive right into this conversation with Gabe. Gabe, well, first of all, it's a pleasure to have you here uh, on the on the podcast, uh, you and, and, and Vodafone. I really, really appreciate it. And obviously, we want to learn from you. Uh, you want to uh, kind of get the audience a feeling of what you do with automation and AI and so on. Um, so let's let's kick this off. Um, to start off, really wanted to talk kind of about your philosophy. Let's start at the very top, right? Let's uh, talk about the 30,000 foot uh, level. And, and, and you're familiar with our point of view, Workado's point of view, right? You've seen the book, the uh, new automation uh, mindset and so on. Uh, what's your automation philosophy? Uh, any strategy? I mean, you've, you've got a long career in integration and automation. How, how do you think about uh, automation? Yeah, so um, I'm principal integration architect, integration, the key term there. Uh, automation's quite new to us, um, as it is to most businesses. We're going beyond the integrations, beyond projects, beyond tasks now. We're starting to think holistically about our processes and how we can streamline those. Um, so our philosophy is simple. We've got three tenets to our strategic uh, goals, and they're 
around our customer, they're around simplifying the business, and they're around growing the business. And you can see there that there's a good mapping to enterprise automation. That's what it gives us. We can respond to customers quick, more, uh, more quickly and uh, with more agility in a standardised way. Uh, we can simplify our business, take out the complexity using automation. Uh, that's less decisions people have to make on the move as they're, as they're doing business. Um, and then last one's growth. You know, we have incredible scale with over three, 300 million customers in Europe, 300 million customers in Africa. So we, 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 we the, the, the problems or challenges that we have, they're, they're too big for people to solve. So automation is really a necessity if we want to achieve our strategic goals, Mark. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know Massimo, right? Massimo Pessini, our head of research. He always says, you know, the way he looks at it is he says like integration and automation is kind of two sides of the same coin. Because if you think about the automation, you're automating business processes. Every every business process that you automate, it reaches into existing business systems and that's where you integrate. So it's kind of it's kind of a little bit uh, one of the same things. Would you would you would you agree, or do you feel like there's a slight uh, difference about it? Well, I think they're symbiotic. The uh, the integration and the automation. Integration really is the tentacles where we reach across the systems and make connections mm. to where the where the data is and where the functionality is. And automation really is the outcome we're trying to achieve. You know, we're trying to use those connections uh, and orchestrate different processes end to end. So, yeah, they are very, very much uh, aligned. And I, th I don't think you can have one without the other, Marcus, because um, mm. the holistic effect is that, yes, we can automate and we can orchestrate, but we need to be able to touch those endpoints. So that's where the integration comes into play. And it seems like w what I heard from you was really... I mean, given the scale of things at Vodafone, right? What you guys have to achieve, the it's it's really about the speed. I think you mentioned agility. Is that is that the is that the key challenge uh, for you guys? There's just so much to do, so much to integrate, so much to automate, and you know how do I how do I get that done in a in a yeah in a reasonable amount of time? Huh? Well, well, that's that's exactly right. You know, we can't scale using people. It's just not not feasible. If you if you think of us doing a billing run on a day and doing millions and millions and millions of bills just in one day, how can you get people to do that? So we need to be smarter, and we need to build in ways that we can automate that process, and then we can do a lot in in, in concurrency. You know, we can we can generate millions of bills at once in the one bill run. Uh, we can issue them to customers. We can accept payments in on those types of volumes. So, uh, and that's just one side of the business. Then you've got the operational side of the business where we've got tens of thousands of applications and interfaces that all need to be all need to be working together uh, in real time for us to achieve our goals. We're also in a very very competitive industry. Um, and and being able to respond with agility, uh, you know, to the day-to-day -day business is vital for us uh, in staying ahead of the competition. And then we have parts of the business where there are no humans involved. We have the largest IoT network in the in the world, so at 118 million devices and counting. Um, so none of those have human intervention. Now, how do we scale those and make them effective? Uh, by using people, we, we just can't. So um, automation is really key to our success. 
So if I, I, you know, we talked before, right? And then I think you mentioned to me like how you guys are scaling out Workado, enabling people kind of in many different regions of the world. I mean, this isn't just in the in the UK. I mean, this is like, I think you have a development center in, in Cairo, right? In Egypt, and there's something in Eastern Europe also. How have you gone about that? How, how did you uh, achieve scale that, you know, a large amount of people can actually automate and integrate. What's your strategy to that? Yeah, yeah so we're on a journey there. Um, but we have 22 mm. local markets. We've got over 100 partner networks as well. And um, the, the nuances of those, they're all in different languages. So there's your first challenge. How do we make them contextual to the local place that we have to operate? They are standard uh, in most cases across the business, uh, but it's that localization piece that's very, very difficult, and that's driven us to to be working in silos, and that's what we want to get away with. Enterprise in, uh, automation and integration at that level where we can introduce things like multilingual um, type responses is, is vital for us for that standardization. Um, or otherwise, we have to do the same thing 22 different times in 22 different languages. So you can see the complexity that builds up on top of that. Um, so we're a truly global business. Um, and we're, we're in parts of the world where there's huge diversity in language, in regulation, in uh, all aspects of dealing with the customer and serving them a product. No, makes sense. Um Look, we talked about integration. We talked about automation. The, the brand new thing is AI, right? And this is probably a little early uh, to ask that, but we believe, at least at Workado, our point of view is that AI will make automation even more powerful. You know, injected, in kind of infused in the right, uh, in the right places and, 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 and so on. It'll, it'll bring, bring the best out of uh, automation and it'll, you know, it'll create a whole new level of fluidity that kind of hasn't, uh, um, you know, existed before. How do you think about that? Are you guys thinking about AI at, uh, at, at, at Vodafone and, and, and to what extent does that mix up with automation? Yeah, so it's it's very early days for AI in, in, in within the business. Um, there's a lot of people reticent to put it next to a customer at the moment. You know, what's it going to say? What outcomes are you going to get? How do you test that? Um, so AI for us is really a co-pilot type arrangement at the moment. Uh, the other other great thing about integration automation is it's a very very good tier to inject AI because you're doing discrete tasks. Yeah, and and we can call AI into those orchestrations when we, when we need it, when we need to cycle through large volumes of data and 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 produce an outcome very very quickly and in near real time. That's where AI can be used. But it doesn't work just putting it in the middle of your IT and having AI solve everything. It still requires the collective imagination of our people to drive it, to put it into the right areas of the business, to point it in the right direction, to train our models and things. So we're on the start of that journey. It's very early days yet. Uh, we had our, our CEO, Margarita, uh, went round to all the hyperscalers and she asked, what are the other telecommunication companies doing with AI? What are the banks doing with AI? And, and resoundingly, the response was nothing as yet, right? Because we're still in this age of infinite infancy and we're trying to 
develop a, a plan for infusing AI into the organisations. Um, it's, it's really in that discovery work. But what I will say is that the way Wakata was introduced AI with respect to the co-pilot and having our developers being able to use it to generate recipes and generate smart orchestrations, right? They're the first, they're the first sprouts, if you like, of using AI within our business. No, it makes total sense. I think we're all learning together at the moment. I mean, if, we, if we're honest with each other, this is only like six months old, right? Uh, the, whole, exactly. the whole thing with, with Gen AI, but it is uh, coming furiously at us. So it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, look, the, the way I've been, some people have told me like, you know, what Workado, what automation does, it, it, it connects the dots. And, you know, in the old way, the dots are business systems, business applications that you connect and, and you weave a process uh, across. It almost feels to me if you place the new kind of dot, which is the AI dot, and almost think of it like it's the shiny, it's the golden dot. If you place it like strategically at the right moment in the process, you can actually really accomplish a lot. You can you can create some real wow moment. It's just that I mean you're you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's 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 all still a journey. It's not like anyone has uh, fully figured it out. Yeah, it's also how you position AI within the enterprise. AI is not an application. If you think of it like that. It's going to be very, very difficult to understand what outcomes you'll get with AI. But if you consider it to be another person or another worker, someone interacting with the applications, you've already got a, a good basis for governing it, for securing it through role-based access. Uh, and also, you know, it's, it's the thing that does the thinking, just like the person, right? But it relies on other tools like enterprise automation tools uh, to, do the, to do the work. Um, so that's the blend I think we need to get right. Um, and, and what's really going to make it effective is, is humans, humans pointing it in the right direction, solving the right challenges, training that model. You know, that's how we'll get to a, a nirvana with AI if we ever do get there, Marcus. Um, so that's the way we're, we're viewing it. Uh, it seems to be working well. We're getting some good outcomes off some early trials. I think we've got a 75 proof of concepts on AI at the moment. Uh, but there's a human team behind it putting some real thought into how we, how we leverage it within our processes and within our business. So, you know, it's a, automation's a team sport and AI is a t needs to be a team player rather than being a, an application in its own right. Does that make sense? No, I think that's no, I think that's very fair. I think that's a good point. You know, the one the one uh, um, expression I've heard it's a digital brain. It's just like another brain, like a human brain. It's just this time it's uh, it's digital, and it sits in there. It makes decisions, and it uh, you know these decisions help with the flow of the business processes at the end at the end of the day. And yeah. that's key, awesome. and that resonates with my earlier point that if you treat it as another. Uh, act solution actor, if you like, which is an architectural term in the mix, mm. um, it, it can have a very good good impact as it plays a role. You know, if you just treat it as an isolated application, then it's very, it's very very hard to predict what what what's going to be the outcome. Uh, so that's how we're thinking of it. Where you know, it's another role in the organisation 
Uh, we can reuse all the security and privacy that we have around dealing with people, give it the same rights within applications, which might be read-only on some applications, so it can't do any damage with our data. Right? And if we have that paradigm and then we point it at the right jobs and the right tasks, I think that's where we're going to get the outcome with AI. Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, I, I'd say like enough, enough of the theory. Let's get into the practice. Let's let's talk about some use cases. Uh, really curious. I mean, you guys are a big organization, as you mentioned, like twenty-two countries, right? You got you got big call centers that deal with uh, with customers. You got a humongous network. Uh, what kind of automation use cases are there at uh, at Vodafone? What uh, I don't know what are your, your top three or, you know, what, what, what are the ones that really, that really are exciting you? Yeah, so the, the first point is automation works across all, all areas and all aspects of the business, be it back office, be it operations, be it uh, with the customer. My focus is really around operations and service management, ITSM, and our three biggest use cases are Incidents. We have two and a half million incidents a month across the group. Uh, that's just the ones we know about. Uh, problems. Uh, when you have an incident, it's usually because there's a problem. Uh, we need to identify the problem and we need to route that problem to people who can fix it, right? So out of the two and a half million, we might have 200,000 problems come from that. Um, and then we've got to make the change, which is the third use case, where we fix the problem and then we need to push that code back into production. And a good tenet of IT is to know what you've done and what changes you've made to your baseline um, so that if anything goes wrong, you can unpick those. So the, the three are related. There's some big, big numbers there, 2.5 million, 200,000 problems that would turn into 200,000 changes. So if you could imagine if we were trying to manage that with paper and people, right, it, it, it would just overwhelm us, right? So so what we do is our, our goal really with operations is to be zero touch. And zero touch operations means we identify the incident, we find the root cause, um, we push the problem out to the right team or the right um, uh, process that can fix them, right, and then we push that change into production, so most of those, and the goal is to have zero human touch, and that allows us to work at the scale that we have at Vodafone. Mm, that's that's great. I think you earlier you talked about complexity, right? So uh, yes. I mean, you guys have tremendous complexity in in, in telco. Uh, you know, I've worked a little bit in telco. You know, this is this is decades back, but I remember, unfortunately, often as the customer, you. Uh, you almost like uh, experience some of that complexity when when you call and you're going on. There's multiple systems and so on. How how do you deal with that? Is automation useful to uh, to maybe mask some of that complexity? Well, I mentioned before a key tenet of our strategy is simplicity, which I think is nearly the opposite of complexity. So we're a hugely complex business, and telecommunication in general has been pretty pretty lousy yet pushing that complexity out to our customers. You know, when you sign up to a telco product, you know, there's gigabits, there's minutes, there's all these sort of things. Now, you, you have to manage that yourself uh, as an individual. You know, that's probably the wrong approach because, you know, what's a gigabit to the average man in the street, man or woman in the street? Well, who knows, you know? Um, so we want to reduce the complexity that goes out to our customers 
But the, the nature of the business is it is complex. And when we provision bundles and things like that, there is complexity. So in abstracting away the complexity from the user, we can put the complexity into the automation. Uh, so that can deal with the different permutations based on the scenarios or circumstances of the sale or the operation of the service. Um, so it's a very, very good tool to abstract away the complexity from the customer but the nature of the business is complex. So you, you, the, at some tier, you need complexity. And the automation tier is a, a great place to handle that. So if you think uh, kind of about automation and uh, and a little bit on the lighter side, I, I know you uh, you have a long history. Uh, I, I think it wasn't just telco, right? I think you worked in financial services also, integrating and, 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 and so on. Um, any like funny stories any anything where automation integration maybe ran into some challenges you didn't expect maybe maybe something that surprised you is there yeah so so look it sounds great on paper to have a tool like wakato enter into our our business technically but for, we have a lot of developers a lot of very very technical people that are used to doing things at a source code level so there was a lot of apprehension to a low code tool coming in and doing these things um so that was the first challenge uh your team was fantastic in giving us demos and getting uh, the, those people to get hands on and to try the tool out um and to for them to assess themselves whether you know it was going to be a good thing for their role in the organization so the side of that was I, I went to I have a team in Cairo that does all our integration for service management. There's about maybe 400, 500 people there just just for that piece. Um, and they, they were the ones that really, really need to adopt the, the technology as their hands on. So I introduced Vocado and I got a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a cold response and I thought, well let, let's get these people into the tool. Um, and and Grant in the UK, he, uh, he he organized them all accounts and he ran some sessions with them and uh, orientated them to the to the technologies. And then I run a technical design authority, uh, which is to get these people together to talk through the technical issues on a frequent type basis. Um, so the first one, it was a bit frosty. The second one, I said, look, you guys have seen the tool now. Uh, what do you think? Um, and we got consensus, you know, they liked it. They could see the potential of it. We do a very narrow thing and they could see that it would broaden our base out for the cu internal customers we could service. And then I came back to the third third TDA, which was probably about five or six weeks later, and they, they said, okay, Gabe, where's the use cases? And I said, well, what use cases are you talking about? And I said, all the use cases we're going to do in Wakato. And I said, look, hang on, hang on, it's early days yet. You know, you haven't been trained and, and we haven't introduced the tool. And they said, that's not true, Gabe. We've all gone to the Wakato Academy and we've all done the certification. So what had ha actually happened, we went from that position of them being very reticent to the technology to all upskilling themselves so that they could take on the new body of work and they could diversify their roles. And, and once they got on that journey, I was actually quite quite impressed that um, uh, those that volume of engineers had gone out in their own time uh, because they could see the future uh, because of the way we introduced the technology. They'd skilled themselves all up and they were ready to go. 
but the business wasn't ready to go. So I had to had to had to stem the enthusiasm, if you like. But since then, uh, we've had a methodical approach right, to to defining what where the, uh, automation can be used, how to define a use case, what are the preconditions and the post conditions, what systems we need to interact with. Um, so yeah, they're fully on the journey now. But it, it was actually quite quite. Um, uh, I won't say funny, but it was quite rewarding for me to see that they'd gone out and trained themselves up in this new technology, which hasn't happened for any technology at Vodafone. It's always a, a big challenge to change the baseline. But this was was a tool that they just took to immediately. They trained themselves up, and they uh, and they were away, and and they were they were they were beating on the desk for the business, Marcus. But I didn't have that ready. I didn't expect that outcome from them. Little little boomerang, I guess it came uh, right back to you, huh? So now yeah, the pressure is the on head. you. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. And then you said, like, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of people. So so this is this is uh, there's almost like a movement going on with people, you know, joining in automation. Is that is that is that usual? Is that what happened before at Vodafone? Or is that uh, at that at that scale of people? Is that is that a new thing? No, that's that's quite new phenomena, and it's not just in the developers. Um, 400's my team. Um, at the end of the day, we nearly have 40,000 engineers across, you know, networks, operations, BSS-type yep. applications. So this is only the first pod, um, and, and, and word spreads fast. Uh, Wicano's quite a buzzword now in all the engineering meetings. It's a buzzword in middle management. It's a buzzword now up at senior management. Um, so from from those humble beginnings, it's really grown to be something that the business depends on now. We de we're, we're starting to get to the position where we're depending on Mercado to be successful in, in how we implement it because we've had so many challenges doing it ourselves, you know, just in raw source code and writing microservices and getting them right. You know, this takes all that thinking away, the low code. Uh, the other big shift and I'll come to shift left in a minute, is we're able to get citizen developers on board. Citizen citizen automators, I'll call them. They're not quite developers. Mm -hmm. um, but the, they, they can generate their own automation. So so if you leave the, 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 the business people or the citizen automators with a problem and a challenge, they'll do 90% of the work. And then it's for our engineers to get involved, to understand that what they've developed is scalable, it's standard, it's got reuse and, um, you know, it can, be, uh, it can be rolled out to the business. So that, that, that's, that's what's happening now. And, and as I said, Wicardo is quite the buzzword. Um, anyone who has a problem, they, the, the Wicardo comes into the conversation uh, somewhere along the line. So uh, I'm just hoping we don't get overwhelmed by the, uh, by the, by the amount of um, interest that we have. We, we need to put some, some rigour around how we, we adopt it, but definitely the passion's there and definitely the enthusiasm's there. I mean, it's great. It's great to hear. It seems like you're really well prepared. Um, the technical people and also not just the, you know, most technical developers, but also kind of like the second and third line of defense. The more citizen developers are getting into it. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I mentioned that I 
worked a little in, in telco decades ago. Um, actually, what I did, I'm not sure if we talked about this, I did uh, process re-engineering. So I was actually on the functional side, not IT, but I was on in the business side, on the, on the operational side, and we were drawing these kind of business processes on, on, on paper. Uh, very much yeah. like, you know, Visio, Visio kind of type diagrams. Uh, but you know what we couldn't do is we couldn't have a a really good conversation with the uh, with the technical folks about how this would be implemented. My my intention with Workado with with automation was always kind of to ha- to to rally around you know one platform that yeah. uh, that an operational person can understand that a technical person can understand. Not everyone has to do everything themselves. It's not a it's 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 not a one man sport. It's a team sport really, but it's uh, it has a rallying point. I don't know. Does that make sense? Do you see something happening like that at, at Vodafone? Yes. Well, we put a, put a huge amount of emphasis on the pro- process engineering piece, but the people who mm-hmm. do that, really, they only come up with a diagram or, you know, a theory or a document, right? Uh, they're not empowered to do anything. And then, then to get anything done, they need to shift it to a whole new group of people who don't understand the challenge from a business perspective, which has always been the chasm between IT and business. Um, what I like about Wakato is that, you know, it's graphical. It's a, it's, it's a workbench. Um, a developer or a citizen automator can, um, can uh, develop a process and then they can sit down and they can show the business people on the on the workbench, the steps that they've used to get to the outcome. Um, and that, from a clarity perspective, right, has really bridged that chasm in that that we can develop something quickly, a recipe. Uh, we can show the recipe to the person who it concerns, the key stakeholder. Once we get their agreement, we can get the IT into productionizing it. So that whole cycle from the conceptual and the re-engineering work that you and the team used to do to uh, the verification and the clarity that that the solution is fit for purpose, to then the the implementation, the execution, you know, is all is all masterfully uh, dealt with in uh, through the tools and the UIs that we have in Wakato. So it's uh, been a key enabler of the challenge you've just mentioned. And then you know we 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 started the conversation with the topic of agility, right? So if you if you think about how in Silicon Valley uh, software is developed, it, it really happens in agile teams. And those, I mean, at a at a most abstract level, an agile team is an engineer, of course, a a product manager, which kind of is more like the operations person, right? The person who knows what the domain is, and then a, a QA person, a tester. And then you can really iterate around it. And, you know, again, the idea with Workado to, is to give you in IT in, at, at a big company like Vodafone that same experience, just like we in Silicon Valley, like really quickly uh, build software. Yeah, yeah so, so, uh, so we've moved I, I, our whole I, operation to scale agile and that works on increments of three months and iterations of two weeks, the, the sprint. Um, in the traditional technology, it's very hard to get anything done in two weeks. So how do you break the work up to work with scaled agile? Well, it's very, very difficult um, and it becomes quite fragmented. Uh, then you've got multiple teams that have to interact on those dependencies. But the beauty of uh, a, a tool like Wakato Low Code is you can get a very meaningful thing done in two weeks. 
you know. So what used to take you um, three months because you needed to order infrastructure and deploy applications and uh, and go through cybersecurity, now that we've done that work up front, uh, we can have a piece of work that lasts for two two weeks. Uh, we can put that, drop that into a sprint, and we can get a very uh, a very good outcome within that two weeks. So. Um, using a low-code tool like Wakata has enabled the process and our ways of working, which is scaled agile. And I think that's what the Silicon Valley crew was good at. They were good at chunking the work up so that you could get something meaningful done uh, in a couple of weeks. You could iterate on your product uh, in small increments and, and deploy that frequently to the production environment. The traditional telco programs and bank programs and uh, IT programs, you know, they're big beasts. They go for nine to 12 to 18 months. And it's only after that time that you get an outcome. They call it the big bang, right? Uh, but we've moved now to product-led. We've moved to incremental and emergent design, right? And we can implement um, at the pace with the agility and the cadence that you can get out of uh, Scaled Agile. No, perfect, perfect. It almost feels to me like we're already in the third section here of the podcast, which is advice. Already really good advice to uh, to the audience. But I, I, I still wanted to kind of you to step back a little bit. If you think about, so you've been on this uh, journey with Workado now. Uh, people in your development centers are trained up. The, the use cases are coming. If you think about people doing automation, maybe wanting to infuse AI into these processes, integrating with the business systems, any word of advice you would uh, give them on the on the journey? Like, what is there something you'd say like that's exactly what I would do again? Maybe there's something where you'd say like, well, listen, be careful here because you know you might it might lead you in the wrong direction. Uh, just curious, any, any any advice for the audience here? Yeah, most definitely. So, um, you know, there's always a foundation piece to introduce a new technology into an organisation around security, around privacy, around creating the connections and the integration. So get that piece right and that's um, and, and, and that will become your baseline. Once that's, that's there, what we want to do because of our scale and volume is we want to shift that left to the customer. We want the customer to do their work. Um, traditionally, we've had this huge pipeline of work right, that takes months and months and months uh, to get through. And, and while you're doing that, it's getting laden again with, with more. So it's, it's, it's always been the bottleneck is having IT do the work, right? So shift left is the big, um, uh, the big concept there where... We, IT play a governance role. Um, uh, we, we govern the platform. We make sure it's operating uh, correctly. We add new foundational elements like uh, connections to different systems, and then we shift left to the customer. Now, in doing that, you can't do that with every tool because um, not a lot of them can be understood at a business level. But the low-code tools, and especially Wakato, you know, they're, they're built for that shift left. Um, they're democratized. We use multi-tenancy and automate HQ. Everyone gets their own workspace. We can share things across workspaces. People can work autonomously uh, within their workspace without getting, you know, getting um, overwhelmed by their neighbors, as we say, uh, and, and they can get their job done. So number one is shift left. 
go for that should be the, the the goal is to get the business and the citizen automators more involved in the in the work and doing the work put the accountability and the responsibility out to them uh, and number two is to govern right and that's make sure on a daily basis everything's operating correctly um, and that what you're pushing into production doesn't have adverse impacts. And if you do the foundation pieces right and you apply the governance right, then there's no reason why, you know, every department within Vodafone, all those local markets, they all have complexity within themselves. Um, uh, so, but without, with using the multi-tenancy of Wakato, we can, we can deal with all that. We can hive off parts of the tool, uh, give them to specialist functions, um, where they can operate autonomously uh, in a world that's governed to our uh, to our to our standards and doesn't impact our um, our ability to trade or our ability to operate the platforms. I mean, it makes total sense. Uh, look, I I am um, I'm hearing this from a lot of IT organizations, especially in the larger uh, companies. To be honest, uh, I think you know if we, if we look back, uh, Gabriel. Uh, I mean, and you and I, we've done integration for for a while. Integration was used to be something that was actually fairly fairly centralized. Very few people in a company handled, you know, almost all the volume of the of the integration load. And you know, we've seen that this work with Workado. If you have, especially like a fast growing company, it become like a huge bottleneck. I mean, if you're a a large company like Vodafone, it, it can become a really big uh, bottleneck. And uh, it seems to me like for you, the the low-code automation, low-code integration platform like Workado really is, is a way to rethink, right? Is a way to break away from that traditional, more centralized model of dealing with it and, and, and doing it more decentralized, you know, basically pushing it back to the people who actually might know the processes better or are in the local, in the regions and, and so on. Is that, is that, is that what I, what I'm hearing? Yeah, most definitely. So centralization, mm -hmm. there used to be a theory that if we centralize things, they're going to be easier to manage and they're going to be less expensive, which is not always the case. And now we've come nearly 180 degrees on that where decentralization mm -hmm. Right, allows us to do more because we decentralise the work out of that team. Mm. Um, we have a term at Vodafone for centralised platforms. It's when we get degradation. That's when one customer on the platform or one process on the platform, right, has an impact on the others. So, and um, you could imagine that you know if someone's doing something at high volume and takes all the compute resources out of the platform then all the other customers get a degradation in their service. So distributed computing now and the way uh, Wakato um, uses uh, AWS and the native components that are naturally naturally decentralised and distributed, right, allows us to, to, uh, uh, to service workloads right, without impacting other workloads. Uh, they can work and develop the code in, in autonomy right, and they can deploy the code and then the code can operate Right in autonomy without being degraded by the neighbours uh, that that is inherent to a centralised um, uh, SOA or integration platform. Uh, it's also the complexity. 
Um, you, you can't decentralise if it's too complex and only a few people in the organisation can do it. Right? You still need to be central because the team's central and the skills base is central. Right? So in having a low-code tool and our citizen automators out there, we can decentralise the work and we can decentralise the, the, the efforts and the ideas and the imagination um, to produce better outcomes for our customers, to make business simpler, Right, and, and, and to then drive the growth that we're after. So it seems like there's two things really that give you the level of comfort to make that happen. First, it's got to be, it has to be low code in a way, you know, otherwise only a few people could do it. With low code, you can give it out to more people. And then on the other hand, obviously, if, you, if it's in just, just free flowing uh, Wild West, uh, decentralized, that also doesn't make any sense, right? There's got to be central governance across right. all these people. So I think it's these two people uh, being low-code and having the right amount of a central government governance across these decentralized teams. Is that fair That's to say? Exactly. Decentralize the tool mm -hmm. and centralize the governance because governance mm -hmm. is, uh, mm -hmm. can, can uh, you know, works across everything. Everyone should be on the same playing field. Um, mm -hmm. But what we do need to do is decentralize the effort to produce, you know, the services and also decentralize the execution um, so that we don't get degradations uh, across different, cons you know, one, one person's uh, execution impacts the other. So there still is a little centralization, but that's in, that's in the operation. And that makes sense because if you centralize just that piece of it, you can have less people there, you know. Uh, so, so, so everyone's on the right track with those thoughts. Perfect. And you know what? I mean, let's um, let's finish up on this one because I think that's a good one. Uh, you know, if I if I'm like thinking back of our conversation here, last forty five minutes or so, um, I think the shift left is is one of those things that really sticks in my brain. Uh, be honest. I mean, if, if, if you think about the audience on the call and they're thinking about automating, they're thinking about integrating, they're, they're thinking about maybe using AI, um, I, I would say the nugget here from, from talking to you and what they should remember is like they, they should think shift left, meaning that, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be that central team like it always used to be. Maybe there's other people that can get involved and maybe those people actually, you know, happen to know the operational processes even better and they're more, they're closer to the region and then they're governed by a central operational team that, that makes sure uh, that uh, no mistakes are made or, you know, you know, maybe uh, no issues are developing that, you know, prototypes are properly put into production and so on. But uh I think in the world that we're in with that speed, the speed that we notice now at how AI is also coming at it, I don't think without thinking shift left, I don't think we're going to be able to uh, to handle all that uh, volume. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, thank right. you, Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. Really, really awesome to have you on the call here uh, today. Uh, learn from you. And I think there's going to be so much more uh, to learn from all the customers we have using Workado for automation, for integration, and then infusing AI. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, Marcus.
Thank you all so much for tuning into today's The New Automation Mindset, where AI automation and integration come together. If you want to learn more about the key topics we covered in the show, you can find them in the book, The New Automation Mindset by our Workado CEO, Vijay Also, leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's conversations. And don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. I'll see you next time. Thank you.